I really do think if you trust the Scripture has power of its own and the Holy Spirit has this deeper commitment than you and I do to minister to people and put people in a situation where they can hear and read and, and have the space for that to happen, I think it tends to happen. Author and singer Michael Card will be our guest today on First Person. Welcome. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Michael has had a musical career that has spanned more than 30 years, recording over 31 albums. He's authored or co-authored more than 24 books and contributed greatly to our understanding of the Bible. In a moment, you'll hear our conversation and be brought up to date with his friend who lives a simple life and loves to teach the Scriptures. We do have a website for this program, which always provides additional information. It also contains an archive of past interviews and a schedule of what's ahead. You'll find us online at firstpersoninterview.com. Michael Card has been a friend for many years and has been on this program before, but it's been a while and it's time to catch up with what God is doing through this man's life. For a number of years, we, along with producer Joe Carlson, met regularly for a radio program called In the Studio. So I went back to the studio to visit with Michael, and we visited about family and kids, and I saw his new granddaughter, and then we sat down to talk. Um, so it's the strangest thing. of I don't know if other people have this, um, I won't call it a disease, but I've never really been comfortable in my skin in terms of my age. I've always felt older than I am. Well, now that I'm really getting older, you know what my brother said, uh, my brother's always said that uh, you were 65 when you were born. So I've always been this little old man. Now I'm actually becoming a little yeah. old man. What and was so, the, what was the, the, uh, the play about the man who gets, uh, oh yeah, yes. born, yeah, Benjamin born, something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Benjamin Button. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's Michael Card. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. It's a weird thing, but, um, I, I am, I'm, we're, we're looking at eventually we're trying to sell our house. That was our, this dream home we built together and, and the house on the hill, the kids. Yeah. This house and, and this studio will be part of it. So we're, we're looking for somebody with a big bag of money who'll swoop down and buy all this. And, Maybe they're uh, listening right now. Who yeah, knows? <laughs> right. Yeah, you, if you need a house and a studio and an office. In you beautiful need to, Tennessee. In the most beautiful place in Middle Tennessee you can possibly imagine. And we, we you know, we want to move into a smaller house and, you know, do, do yeah. the next, uh, try to do the next stage well. Yeah. Of course, none of us know what's ahead, but the Lord no. is good regardless. Yeah, he is. Um, I don't, don't worry about... I can't be in the future anyway, so I'm not going to worry about that. But uh, he has been so faithful. I look back on all the energy I've wasted about worrying, hmm. worrying about things, and nothing, nothing of that has happened. Creatively, what's going on with you these days? Well, I, I'm writing. Uh, you're the first person I'm going to tell this to. I wasn't going to tell this. I thought you tell me maybe this is stupid and you can cut it out. But um, I, I'm writing my last ten song record. That that really yeah that vehicle of a ten ten songs uh-huh. that has been my vehicle for thirty five years uh, the vehicle really almost doesn't doesn't exist anymore so I'm, I'm writing an album on the uh, Gospel of John and uh, I think I, I mean I know I'll I'll keep writing songs but I think what it's going to look like is you know maybe three or four a year and and give them away I mean mm-hmm. that's you might as well just give them away now anyway. <laughs> So the landscape has really changed. It, it, the, the music business, from when I started in it, is has really, really changed. So, um, 
I, I think that's what I'm going to do. So I'm writing. I'm writing a John now. Um, I've I've finished the the little book on John. So I've, I've done all the Gospels. That's going to be a great to hold those four books. Is, is so you've be, circled back on John actually. I read. Yeah, I've I written a book twenty years ago on John. But Parable this is, of Joy. But this is in in terms of the biblical imagination business. So and that book is done and handed in. The sweet people at Intervarsity are editing that and. And they've been so support supportive and encouraging to me. Uh, so yeah, and the videos, four videos are done on from the Holy Land on John. So that that you know seven or eight year project is is done, and that feels really good, Wayne. I mean, you know, I did the Gospels. I got I got through the Gospels. Yeah. yeah. What's different today as opposed to those thirty years ago as you write music? Why do you approach it differently? Yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's completely turned around. Um and you can express the difference lots of ways. Um from a from a financial point, which I think is in most most interesting. It used to be we would uh we would break even or lose money touring so we could make records and you'd live off record income. Mm-hmm. Now, it's completely the opposite. We we break even or we lose money making records. So we can tour, and you live off touring income, and that in general is true for everybody, not just old guys like me. Uh, the the that that financial basis that used to come from selling records with iTunes and everything changes. That's that's changed a lot. Yeah. For songwriters, it's it's definitely publishing and protection of intellectual properties and those kind of things. Those that's all. That's all changed. Well, the music's always been there for you, but mm-hmm. the writing and the biblical scholarship has come mm-hmm. along all these years as well. I almost kind of had to earn the right to get to do that, but that's what I always wanted to do the most. I mean, and I have another job. I told you now I'm working with the Holman Christian Standard Bible, um, and uh, that's boy, that's been wonderful. I'm learning so much. I'm working through the, that 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 mm-hmm. translation now. Your mentor Bill Lane was always involved in in uh, Bible uh, translation. Well, he and did production. the NIV, yeah, yeah, and uh, he did um, Hebrews and Mark, I think, for NIV. Yeah, and I was his student when all that was happening. So uh, we used to go to Nashville. They, they, I don't know if you remember that, but they they released the NIV a book at a time. So we go down, that. and yeah. it was a big deal, and. Huh. Uh, and yeah, so it's a lot of the old sort of linguistic battles that I knew Bill fought, even though I have nothing like the background he has, uh, I'm I'm trying to fight for some of those words. You yeah, know, it's like almost he's looking over your shoulder in a sense. And... I, yeah, I hope he's I hope he's approving of what <laughs> you know what I'm doing. Like the for instance, what did I spend? I spent about seven hours yesterday on. There's one word in Mark five. Anyway, uh, it's a word when the disciples. They pull the boat up, so it's the it's the word for that, and it's uh, it's the only time I think it occurs in the New Testament, and nobody knows what to do with it. So HCSB says they beached the boat. Well, I don't think that's right. <laughs> Other people say they moored the boat, or they anchored the boat, or they tied up the boat. Nobody really knows what this word means. <laughs> but uh, so I, I got to I spent a, ho- a whole day reading articles on. On uh, docks, on the ancient uh, ancient docks and Sea of Galilee, you really and get into that. Don't it was you, you know, it, it, which about you know a half of one percent of people really care about those things. But for <laughs> me, for me, it was a great day. Well, I can remember sitting in this studio, uh-huh. and you would come up with little tidbits like that that uh-huh. would just be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. As we did radio so many years ago. Well, it's, it's fascinating to me. So I, I, I think there are people who are interested in that sort of thing. And, and today, I'm working on the 
the passage where Jesus, uh, the Syrophoenician woman, you know, Jesus says, Don't, it's not right to take the bread and throw it to the dogs. Well, that word for dog, and this was one of Bill's fights, that it's a diminutive word. It's little, it's little dog. It's lap dogs or house dogs. I would love to say puppies, but you can't, it, you can't do puppies. You can't say puppies. Uh, here's my one of my new uh, sort of theological categories. If you know, people say, "What's your justification?" You know, for t- t- to translate this word "puppy," I said, "Well, my justification is I really want it to be this way," <laughs> which is not a very yeah. academic. Yeah, you better not take that to heaven someday and talk that over with Bill. That you know, he yeah. you know, he what's may your, not approve. What's your justification justification for this translation? My justification is I really want it to be this way. Which honestly is, if a lot of scholars were more honest, they would say you know, say that. Huh. There's no no real justification. Yeah. But anyway, so like today, I'm 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 writing out. I'm kind of campaigning at least to have the idea of little dogs. Jesus mm-hmm. is not calling the woman a dog, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So and that's that's what Bill wanted to fight for. And then just one more thing: you are traveling. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned going to England, and yeah. I know you're in Asia uh, quite often yeah. these days. And yeah, of course, yeah, I Israel. I want to talk about that in a few moments. I can. I can. I I got a bigger crowd in Hong Kong than I do in Nashville. So <laughs> what do you mean by thing. that? I mean more people will come to a concert in Hong Kong. For me, then, then how do you explain that? Uh, Taste, I don't know (laughs) the good taste of the people in Nashville. I don't know. Probably the last one that can explain it. Uh, You know, I think I I maybe fretted about that for a while, but and again, you get you get older, and you, you yeah, I'm not going to be able to figure that out. I'm just, I'm thankful. Uh, I, I tell people one of the things I hear most often now is you're my mother's favorite musician. Okay, <laughs> when that first when I first heard that, you know, started hearing that maybe ten fifteen years ago, I didn't like that. Hmm. But now I'm glad to be anybody's favorite yeah. musician. So. Well, stop and think <laughs> about it. You know, when you started out thirty years ago, if you were to have someone say to you that the fastest growing church in the world would, would be, be in the China? church in China, yeah, we no. we would have scoffed at that. No, in '85 I was in China. I was in Beijing, and it was Mao suits. Everyone had mm-hmm, Mao suits, mm-hmm. and and Beijing was this gray city. I was there last year, and um, there was a Bentley dealership on the ground floor of the hotel I was in. Yeah, and who would have thought, you know, that 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 the center for the Christ, population of the Christian world is now in China? Yeah, uh, I think there are more Christians in China than there are people in America. So, and again, there would have been a time where, as an American, I would have, you know, not like that. But now, again, you get older. I'm just glad to see the church flourish anywhere, and I'm especially thankful for the the burden that's been laid on the Chinese church. They call it the Back to Jerusalem movement, you yes. know, that they're going to evangelize the Middle mm-hmm. East. That, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. They're going to do it, too. Well, there's more ahead. We'll continue today's conversation with my friend Michael Card here on First Person. Stay tuned. Next week will be our Easter program, and we've invited a recent guest to rejoin us for a conversation about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nabil Qureshi, a convert from Islam and the author of Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, investigated the evidence for the resurrection, a key issue in his conversion. It will be an encouraging interview that will strengthen your faith in the risen Lord. Join us for First Person.
My guest on First Person today is Michael Card. It's been a while, Michael. We, we've How long had is you it? on this program yeah, yeah. before. I was one of the first people you were. You, started. you were, yeah, and yeah. I, I think I've had you on a couple of times, yeah. but I, I always love to circle back with yeah. you and just catch up with you. We've, we've been good friends for a long time. We've been doing and, this for a long time. And it's so exciting to see how the Lord's using you in yeah. each you know decade, I'll say, Well, of I think to, you and I have tried to kind of figure this thing out together, <laughs> and, and I think First Person is your figuring it out and and me you know the different things i've been doing this biblical imagination stuff we're just trying to figure out i mean how in this changing landscape how can we be most useful yeah. to the lord well if you permit me this radio program i mean you had a hand in in my thinking to start this radio mm-hmm. program but it was really one of those things that i couldn't not do it yeah well it, i remember it, it, saying it, you better get online you know <laughs> yeah. yeah and it, if it was just an online program i was going to be very happy with that yeah. but you know the god has grown it we're on a couple hundred stations awesome. now and that is so cool so i i i, I just love coming back at this place um, the mole in studio yeah. i don't know how long you'll hang on to it but uh, here we are where so many good things have happened through the years. God has really yeah. met us here, hasn't he? Yeah, and in and, and, and spite of, a, you know, I mean, we're both very fragile, foolish men. I uh, mean, I think I could speak, I think I could <laughs> yeah, speak for yeah, you. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> and, and nonetheless, and again, I think the older you get, the more this dawns on you. You're just so amazed that, that I think he has used what we've done, you know. So, I want to talk specifically about Israel. Yeah, now, sure. And now you go to Israel, is it primarily for Day of Discovery? Not anymore. I did no. for five, four or five years. Okay. We'd, we'd go every year and do a program. And uh, and when we were there, uh, the cool thing about doing video like that is um, you stay at locations for a long time. So I, we'd be in Capernaum, you know, all, af- all afternoon uh, teaching num- numerous times, year after year. And uh, while we were setting up shots and talking about things, I would see tour groups coming and going. And I didn't like the way any of them were going. <laughs> they were rushing people through or the... the okay, the, people back on the bus right, now. Right. You've yeah. got 10 minutes to look at Capernaum, right? Yeah, the most, yeah. in my opinion, the most important That's place in Galilee. That's not the Michael way. No, it's not my way. So I kept... The, the, the more I kept going, I thought, what would it be like, first of all, to, to have a, a course of study before you go... Kind of, I call it the know before you go, and then once you got there, to have a guide that was sensitive in terms of the imagination and engaging with this, letting the, let letting the the location speak to you, and have a small group of people so you could have community and all those things, and yeah, so we basically parlayed that into a uh, it's it's just another part of this biblical imagination conference thing. Um, it's for the most serious people. If you really want to go, kind of uh, all in. Uh, we go to Israel for 10, 10 days. You mm-hmm. study before you go. There's about 160 or 70 pages worth of stuff on the different sites. And we just the do, group small. The, the group's 30 people. Uh, at one point, we, we leave people out in the middle of the Judean wilderness you know, for an afternoon and let them, I mean, in the desert. But we go in the winter, so that's a good thing. <laughs> you couldn't survive if no, you did it in the summer. No. Uh, and and we've only gone. We've only I've only done it two years. But um, and the first the first year was great, and the second year was significantly better. Take me to one or two of those places. I mean, this is radio. This is theater yeah. of the mind. So we can yeah, transport yeah. ourselves there right now, can't we? Well, absolutely. Well, and like I said before, as far as I'm concerned, the most significant spot in all of uh, Israel is Capernaum. Um, spiritually, I go to Jerusalem, and I just don't feel a ripple. It's so covered up and so full and so there's so much, you know, animosity 
But is, you, is it commercialized? It's been a number of years since I've been there. Well, is it's it been commercialized? commercialized since Constantine, you yeah, know. Yeah, but it's even worse now. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing Israel. I mean, Jerusalem, it's great to go to Jerusalem and see the Garden of Gethsemane and get an idea. You've got, for, everybody's got to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is where this happened. This is where that happened. And, and if, But if I had my way, I, I don't totally call all the shots on this tour, but if I had my way, we, we'd spend basically two days maybe in Jerusalem and spend the rest of the time in Galilee, which I think reflects, you know, probably more Jesus, the yeah. balance of the way he spent yeah. his time. Of course, it's about Jesus. Capernaum, that's, that's Peter. Peter's well, house it, there? But the Gospels refer to Capernaum as Jesus' own town. Really? Yeah. He Once he once he gets kicked out of the synagogue in Nazareth, I don't think he ever goes back. Okay. So he apparently he lives with Peter, and and they come and go. That, that the, the bulk of Jesus' ministry is Galilean ministry, right? And the bulk of that time, they're coming. You see them coming and going from Capernaum. Okay, so put us in Peter's house. What's what's that like? What what do you talk about while well, you're standing there? You know, as and, and I've studied this pretty 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 hard. As much as we are certain about any spot, right? We're not sure about the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, right? There's there are all kinds of fights and arguments about that. Um, Gethsemane is Gethsemane, but we don't know exactly where what spot in Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. You know, those things happen. So as much, as much as we know any spot, Peter's house is Peter's house. There was a, a, a chapel and a church built over it very early on, and uh, Capernaum is right alongside the, the, the Way of the Sea, the Via Maris, which was the, the most important, the oldest road in the world. And uh, to, to walk, walk down from that road and then to come into Capernaum and see this is that's the lake, you know that the, the contours of those hills. That's those were his hill, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to walk out and kind of to the to the the hills and pray at night, I can. You can see well. That's probably where he was, and you know that sort of thing. And um, so I, I think Capernaum and Peter's house in particular. Uh, and uh, interesting, they built another church on top of it. <laughs> you know, there's still a church on top of it. Yeah, looks like a big flying saucer. I was going to say it looks like it's on stilts. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The pictures that I've seen. But interesting to me that that you know that was the uh, the the in the er, you know early second century, uh, third century, that was someone's idea. We need to make a church out of this place. Mm. And and now again, it hadn't been there that long. They they built another church on top of it. So that's the biblical use of the imagination to put yourself in those places and then look at that landscape and, 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 and do what? And look at specific passages. You know, for example, in Matthew, when Jesus and Peter come back home, and this is their last time to be there before they leave for Jerusalem and, you know, never, never coming back. Don't think ever coming back to Peter's house. Uh, Jesus comes back to Galilee after the resurrection. And they, they, uh, the ministry, the, the the popularity of Jesus' ministry is kind of eroded. Right at the end, you sort of get the feel of the flow of the ministry from Matthew. Nobody's there for them. You know, there's not a huge crowd. No crowds now. Like, there's always a huge crowd. Well, there's mm-hmm. not a huge crowd. In fact, the only people that tend to or to seem to be there are two temple tax collectors. And they, you know, they, there's this thing, doesn't your, you know, doesn't your ma- master pay the temple tax? And and he's not supposed to. It's an insult that they're even asking, which also shows that Jesus, the ministry is kind of eroding a little bit. And G- Peter says, well, of course he does, because Peter's used to s- saying yes to these people. <laughs> but he sticks his head in the door, and Jesus is in the house, Peter's house, sticks the head in, the, in his head in the door, and uh, 
he's going to ask Jesus if if that's what they do, and Jesus responds before he says any things. You know who, you know who pays uh, the tribute. You know the 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 foreigners or the the children. He goes, well, the foreigners. He goes, so the children shouldn't have to pay. Peter goes, yeah, but and but then here's the really interesting part of that passage in in Matthew. Jesus said, so we don't offend them. Hmm. Since when does he not want to offend these people, <laughs> yeah, right, right? These right. are the people His he whole specializes in offense. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He specializes in offending these people. But he says, so, so we don't offend them. He says, take your hand line, throw it into the lake. The first fish you catch is going to have this coin. Give the coin to pay the tax for you and me. And the interesting thing is that there's no account that it happened. That It ends right there. Matthew doesn't say, and then Jesus took the hand line and threw it in and there was a fish and there was a coin. I never thought it's of that. It's not there. It's not there. Because I think it's a safe assumption by this time yeah, in the ministry. Yeah. That if, if Jesus you, said it, it right. happened. Yeah. <laughs> but so you look at that passage, you go, yeah, okay, let's let's engage with that passage here, you know, in this beautiful place by the lake. What's Jesus doing? And and I think that may be one of my favorite miracles of, of Jesus because what he's doing, he's using his, you know, this um, incredible power that he never uses for himself, right? He feeds the thousands, but he won't feed himself, right? He doesn't do that. But he, he does that miracle so that he and Peter can have time together before they leave for Jerusalem. I mean, if I think about that long enough, I'll tear up because you think – of of their relationship of their friendship. I mean, Jesus is apparently living in his house, and and uh, the ministry is eroding, and he has told them what's waiting for him in Jerusalem. Although it, I think it's up for grabs whether Peter has any really clue what's gonna gonna happen there. But there there's that moment, and you can stand there and look at these black basalt walls. What's left of them? And you think, okay, within this. You know, fifteen square yards or whatever that that conversation took place. Or there's the synagogue behind eighty eighty feet up the alleyway is the is the the synagogue. All the things that happened there, the demoniac and all that kind of thing, that all happened there in Capernaum. So it's amazing. And but but the other thing I say about this group, this trip is we're we're not there to collect chill bumps, right? This isn't just for chill bump collecting. This is uh, and we're not just collecting facts and we're not just taking pictures. We really are there to give people time to let the sight, let them realize things on their own. This really did happen This on this lake. That lake, you know, there was a storm on that lake. They almost died. Okay, Jesus almost died on that lake, right? Those kinds of things, those kinds of realizations. And it really does, it just does change people. But but while we're there, we'll see these groups, two, three hundred people, you know, getting pushed through, you know, here's... Here's the Church of the Beatitudes, or here's whatever. Um, Take the time and examine the scriptures, yeah. savor the place, yeah. and really soak it in. And 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 trust trust the Holy Spirit. I mean, I think what I've I think you understand your ministry has been about this too. I really do think if you trust that the the Scripture has power of its own, and the Holy Spirit has this deeper commitment than you and I do to minister to people and put people in the situation where they can hear and read and and have the space for that to happen, I think it tends to happen. I guess it's the sign of good friends when you can be apart for a long time and sit down and pick right up where you left off. I appreciate Michael Card taking the time to sit and talk and share his life with us today. If you'd like to know more about Michael and the things we talked about on First Person, including his biblical imagination conferences and even tours in the Holy Land, please visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. We'll provide links there that will point you towards Michael's music and much more. 
That's firstpersoninterview.com. I also hope you'll leave a comment about today's interview on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. You can not only leave your comments, but also see what others are saying. That's facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. And in case you joined us late today and want to hear the entire interview with Michael Card, it's in the online audio archive at firstpersoninterview.com. Next week will be Easter weekend, and I've invited a recent guest, Nabil Qureshi, to rejoin us to talk about evidence for the resurrection of Christ. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back next time for First Person. First Person.